You're listening to another life-transforming message from C3 Church San Diego. For more information on our church, go to c3sandiego.com. It just blows me away that when you offer yourself, and if that's what we were doing tonight, as you turn to 1 Corinthians 13 <laughs> and Ephesians 6, if that's what we were doing tonight, maybe what we would do is we would offer ourselves to God's plan. And uh, I, I, my name's Sam Picken. My middle name's Ronald. It's not, which is actually Pastor Jurgen's middle name, isn't it? Isn't that funny? But I come from a small country town in Victoria and Australia. Like it's known for like cows and coal mining. And the town's called Terelgan. The Aboriginal word for Terelgan is the place of little fish. And that is the story of my life. I'm like, I'm, I'm average in just about every way. And I, I, like, I don't say that to try and look for accolade. I say that to say that God, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you think your life is amounted to up until this point. I don't care if you're 15, 50 or 85. I, that, that if somebody here has enough insight to lean in and to say God could possibly use me, that it, 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 I stand at different events. We just had a Vision Builders event and I was standing there just waiting for the pastor to walk into the room. Like in, in our church, I'm like shocked. And, and Jess and I often turn to each other and just go, how amazing is God that if we keep offering ourselves to Him, He keeps doing things through our lives. See, God is sovereign, but in His sovereignty, He makes a choice. And the choice that He makes is to use what He created. And so He is sovereign, but that doesn't mean that we sit on lounge chairs and eat Doritos and let Him do all the work. In His sovereignty, He actually buys into a partnership and invites you and I to work with Him in this life. And so you're here tonight and we can get distracted at different moments and we can go through things at different moments and forget what it's really all about. We can sometimes lose sight. We can sometimes get distracted and, and we, priorities uh, become high in our world that maybe God isn't prioritizing. And it's all good. I'm not here to like uh, to, to slam us or anything, but maybe that the Holy Spirit would begin to move around in this room and start to speak to our lives and put on the surface or, or pull out of our lives the fire that He put in you when He created you. He created you. God. Like, with purpose. Intentionally. Design. To live for something more. than someone else's appreciation. To, to live for something more than a pay increase. To live for something more than trying to look to another human being for a sense of worth. The more that God has called you and I to live for is this very small thing that's Aussie sarcasm called eternity. <laughs> Somebody say eternity. eternity. So today, tonight, what I want to preach on is 
making a stand, standing firm in the faith. And this is Paul's final words and final words matter in the Bible. And another title that you could give it is my job description or the job description from heaven or a job description, I don't care, whatever, it's a job description. And like, so these final words from Paul and the final words in the Bible matter so much. I mean, and they're always about movement. Like in Genesis 28, it's go therefore and make disciples. In Acts chapter one, the final words of Jesus as He's delivering the Holy Spirit is to go to the four corners of the world, go to Samaria, go to the ends of the world, go like, let's, let's spread the gospel. See, here's what happens in salvation. And I'm so grateful for Hero and all this amazing stuff that's going on is that when you receive Jesus, you don't receive the beginning of everything, you receive everything. When you receive Jesus, He comes into your life and the fullness thereof. So you actually have everything that you ever wanted, dreamed or imagined on the moment of salvation, you get it all. When you think about eternity, when you confess that Jesus is Lord and Savior, you invite Him into your heart, He comes into your life in fullness. So then a logical question after that moment would be, well, what now? I, like, what am I, what's the job description now? Because if the message is true and the day I meet Jesus, what's the point of living after this point? It's so that other people will receive what you already have. That's it, that's it. The gospel tells us that we get everything when we get Jesus. And then the reason that you're living is so that other people will have what you already have. So the way you conduct your business, the way you engage clients, the way that you study and learn at school, the way you mother, the way you father, when eternity is in mind, it lifts vision to a higher place that's greater than this planet and it puts a drive inside your spirit so that you are living for something so much bigger and greater than yourself. This is part of, this is the job description. So I'll read it to you, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. No, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, sorry, verse 13 and 14. Sorry, that wasn't the end of Corinthians. Be on guard, stand firm in the faith. Somebody say stand. Stand. Be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong and do everything in love. Point one is be on guard and stand firm in the faith. Point two is be courageous and be strong. And point three is do everything in love. All the linear thinkers in the room thanked me for just giving you the three points right now. It's just the verse. Be on guard, be alert, be awake. Stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong and do everything in love. The job description's right there. He's like, I've said all this stuff. I've written letters, but I just need you to get this right at the end. And I believe that I've been called to take this on from Paul. He says in, he says in Ephesians, he, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, he, he says, Live a life worthy of the calling for you've received it from God. You're a prisoner tied up for the Lord. 
and live a life of worth, live a life of weight, live a life of the calling that you've received. I'm telling you that you're created by God and I'm telling you that there is a calling of God on your life. I'm telling you right now that, that maybe sometimes we can lose sight of what that is, but I hope and I pray right now that the Holy Spirit will resurface it, reignite it and build you into that person that you're called to be. Sometimes we fight, so, so the, the whole be alert and stand firm in the faith. Stand firm. I love that it tells us what to stand firm in because we can stand firm for a lot of things. We can fight for a lot of things. My two and a half year old daughter, I think we have a photo of her. She's a fighter. And she, you know, any, that, yeah. She's, she's done fighting in this photo. This, this, is, this is her hangover picture. Uh, that's, the, that's the other one, yeah, yeah. Go back to the hangover picture because I think that one's funny. This is like, don't take a photo of me. I'm done. She just had a massive tantrum. She's sitting in the car and it's like, she, I love her. She has so much personality. See, any parent with a naughty kid will never actually admit that they're naughty. They just say, like, you can tell when a parent knows their kid's naughty but wants to like, like this, kid, this, this child's going to change the world. Like, this is a world changer right there. Everybody else is looking around going, no, nah, that kid just needs a spanking. And you're like, no. All right, so this is Kenzie, the other one with the tiara. So she dresses herself. She comes out of her room and this is, everything has to be pink. You don't want to fight my daughter on another colour. Everything has to, she, her favourite animal is flamingos. They're pink. Her favourite show is Peppa Pig. Like, and the Ikea... The Ikea plates and cups and things that you get, the plastic ones, whatever, there's the pick, that's the only one she wants. And like, you got to pick your battles when you're parenting Kenzie. And so one of the battles that my wife and I decided not to fight her on was pink silverware. So like, we just went to Ikea and bought like seven sets of the same thing, threw out all the other colours and just gave her pink. Because it's just, you know, whatever. But I know that this, this fight, I believe God's put it inside of us, that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and, and it's people of C3 San Diego that will take it by force. That, that there is something going on, that there is something that needs to be sparked and alive in each and every one of us. And I, I pray that she grows out of fighting for the colour pink and that she takes on a different fight. When she, but not everybody does. Not everybody does. I was in Subway the other day in Toronto and this guy's losing his mind. I mean, trying to choose what condiment to put on the end of your designer sandwich is extremely difficult. And he chose mayonnaise, but they put regular mayonnaise on his sub and he sucked the air out of the room with the passion and fight of this man because he ordered light mayonnaise and he was so devastated. So, and I'm like, man, it's awesome that you've got this God-given fight in your life, but what you're fighting for just does not matter just does not matter in the in the uh in, in the north la area there was this girl she's known as the mcrib girl and and she she went to congress and and part of part of her her, her fight was to go and change a decree, to change, change legislation. Like, like, like there is something so important, so dear to her that she needed to go in front of council and see this thing change. And so, you know, what had happened was is the McDonald's, all the McDonald's in the area had taken the McRib sandwich out of circulation and she was bothered by that. So she needed to make sure that the McDonald's brought the McRib, but she actually won. The McRib girl. 
So if you ever eat a McRib sandwich, you can, fight, you can thank the fight of this one young lady. But I want to tell you that God created her to fight for something greater than a McRib sandwich. Be alert. Be awake. We're seven days out of the time where Jesus knew, Jesus knew what He was awake to. Jesus died on a cross and He had a vision. He had something in His, in his mind's eye, this, this thought of eternity and, and the vision on the mind of Jesus was your face. And, and seven days out, He's in the Garden of Gethsemane in Matthew 26 and, he's, and, and He understands that He needs to stand firm in His faith. He actually rebukes Peter for trying to distract him from the vision and says, no, 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 that can't be you, Peter, speaking. That must be Satan because you're tempting me to settle for less than God. Do you know 99% obedience is 100% disobedience? And, and you, can't, you can't partially 10% give to God. Like you can't, you can't, you can't uh, ninth your tithe. Like, and so Jesus is sitting there in the garden. He says to His disciples, he, said, he says, stay awake and pray. Keep watch and pray. Be alert. And they're and they falling asleep. And, and, and I fear that this is my life sometimes, is that there are too many of us that are, that are asleep to what heaven is awake to and are awake to what heaven wants us sleeping to. Are you awake to the things that God is awake to? And he's, he, he knows He's seven days out for His destiny. He took up His cross and He begs you to take up yours. He says, will you take up, in other words, taking up your cross, in other words, is take up your purpose. Take up your calling. Know that on the other side of your vision, thinking about other people on the picture of your mind and not ourselves, is that these people would come into destiny, meeting Jesus and coming into relationship with Him. And that's what it's all about, that there is more for us, C3 San Diego. I just went and visited the site of the fifth campus and I'm just telling you how exciting it is to see that there are more rooms and more openings for people to receive the Gospel of Jesus. There is more for this church. Be alert and stand firm in the faith. Jesus says, I liken this generation to children playing in the marketplace. And I don't want to be, I don't want that to be the metaphor that describes my life. What does that mean? That means that there are supernatural transactions, like there's transactions in a marketplace, buying and selling, and these kids are playing soccer. And the kids playing in the marketplace don't understand what's happening around mummy and daddy's world. And there's negotiation and transaction happening, but they're just kicking balls. And, and I believe the modern church has been caught up in playing the old church game underneath the fact that there is light and darkness transacting above our heads, that there is something supernatural going on, that if we don't get awake to what is going on, we can live our entire lives. We can live our entire lives just kicking the old soccer ball around, distracted on something less instead of being awake to what is God. Being awake to what is God. If God answered every one of our prayers, would by default He be answering His own? If God said yes 
to everything you are on your knees praying to Him about. By default, would He be answering His own prayer request? We get on our knees before heaven and say, God, move on my behalf. But I wanna tell you that God is in, on His knees in heaven, praying to you saying, hey, can you move on my behalf? Can you move on my behalf? There is more, there is more, you aren't done. Sometimes standing firm in the faith is like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. When the music plays and the weariness of standing up as a Christian, sometimes advancement is simply standing. They didn't move forward. They didn't try and take out Nebuchadnezzar. They didn't try and, and you might be feeling depleted and weak and feeling like, man, Pastor Sam, I've served on team in C3 San Diego and I'm burnt out. And, I, and I've done all this stuff and I've given like crazy to vision builders. I've done all this thing and don't come in here and preach a message and try and motivate me to dig deeper and go hard and advance again. Well, maybe that's not what the Holy Spirit is saying to you, my friend. Maybe the Holy Spirit is just simply saying to you, stand. You don't need to necessarily push all the time, although that's a really great book and you gotta buy it. You don't... You don't necessarily, not all, sometimes advancement for somebody here is simply remaining. Let's do a Bible study on the word, keep my commands. Remain in me and I in you. Stand, keep, remain and stand. These, these are amazing warfare principles that for somebody here, in the, I, 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 I met this guy last Sunday at the sound desk at our church. And I was so proud of him. I, I said to him like, hey, like you're, you're, you're doing shadow sound today. That's awesome that you joined team. And I could tell that he was hesitant. And he'd been, he said to me, he said, yeah, like, uh, you know, I've been serving for like 10 years in my last church and man, I'm just exhausted and I'm, I'm nervous about being on team again. And I just looked him in the eye and said, you know what, I am so proud of you. Because sometimes to like deal with something that's happened in the past or, or deal with pains from the past, we need to step into the very thing that we felt take us out in the past. And that is warfare. That assaults the enemy because when he thinks you're, he's winning over your life, when he thinks you're just about to have a divorce and quit on that marriage and you just decide to remain, he's like, crap, I lost power. I lost authority over this person's life because they are choosing to remain. And you might not have much more than that. When you're feeling just dry, depleted, I believe that's a word for somebody here today. To just remain. How about this? Don't, don't stop giving. Just that. Don't stop serving, just that. It's all good. You're allowed to go through a time where you're exhausted. You're just not allowed to stay there. You're just not allowed to stay there. So be alert and stand firm. Somebody say stand. stand. 
Number two, be courageous and be strong. Courage is about bravery. Do you know C3 all around the world is a movement of risk taking? You're, you're born to be brave. You're born to take risks. Sometimes the, a big courageous step is what I just talked about for somebody in this room. That something brave is for you to just stay. That's awesome. But there are other people in this room, but you know that God is calling you to move, shake, rattle and roll, baby. That God is calling you to click into a new gear and that courage and that risk taker, that fighter, that someone with fire in your eyes, and, and, and like the, that is coming into you in a whole new way. That uh, there's a guy that, uh, that's in our, in our church and let, actually, let me say this. Risk-taking, courageous, forward-moving steps, that advancement, even though it's freaking us out, even though our world is like all over the shop, even though that we're working through mess, is actually the best way to keep us focused on vision and away from sin. Do you know the time that David messed up with Bathsheba was, was when he was stopped warring? In, I, didn't, I never read to you Ephesians chapter 6. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against powers of the dark world, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. There is a lot of darkness going on over San Diego but there is a whole heck load more light in this church. If you activate it, therefore put on the full armour of God so when the day of evil comes, not if, if it comes, when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after have done everything, to stand. To stand. And this, this mode of risk we have to be okay to stop sanitizing the church. I love the fact that people needed to wear like knee pads at like the hero production. I mean, if anyone was taking risks, there was people climbing this scaffolding and like pole dancing on the, like, like it was, talk about taking risks. But, but church is messy. And because we're all people and we're all, we're all messy, but it's meant to be messy. And so to, to, to get away from sin sometimes, to get away from distraction, we need vision. Vision is the antidote to sin. Like if you want to deal with sin, you need the vision of what you're going for. Let me say, like, if you want to stop sleeping around, the goal is don't stop sleeping around. That's not going to help. The goal is have a vision for marriage. And when you have a vision for marriage, you won't get distracted with the other things. If you want to stop, if you want to get off drugs, the answer is not to get off drugs. The answer is to have a vision for health. Or better than that, have a vision for other people's health. And so... Vision has pulling power that will pull us out of sin. So Enrique, a guy in our church four years ago, was in a 
crazy relate, like, like relationship with, with, she's now his wife, but at the time things were not healthy. And at that time he was doing hard drugs with, uh, with some of the friends that he was hanging out with. And he simply decided to step in a courageous step and, and see strength start to build in his life by getting on team at our church. Long story short is he decides to get married. He does a pre-marriage course. He decides, so he's taking courageous steps when I first met this guy, I thought he was a lost cause. Like, can I, can I be honest with you? But I had like, a, like mustard seed faith, like enough. And so, so, so he does this marriage course. He, he, he changes his friends away from these other guys and, and uses some of the guys at church and to be the groomsmen in his wedding. And then like now, then he started running a connect group. And then out of running a connect group, he became one of our interns. And out of the internship, now his confession is, as he's teaching the interns, he's saying that he believes he's going to plan a C3 church one day. Vision. Somebody say vision. Vision. But it's messy. It's messy. So at C3, our goal is not safety, balance and comfort. Those are not adjectives for this church. So I don't know what church you're looking for, but if you're looking for balanced living, the kingdom of heaven, there is nothing in the Bible that describes to me that the kingdom of heaven is balanced. That if we shouldn't be looking for safety, we're looking for risk. That's a better kingdom descriptive, descriptive word. Your life is not called to be balanced. The enemy wants your life to be balanced. Your life is called to intensity. Your life is not called to comfort. It's called to being hard pressed on every side. Welcome to church and the hopeful message from Pastor Sam. But your destiny is not called to complacency. It's called to frustration and live in tension. When you're a Christian, when you're, when you're fighting hard after God, you will live in immense amounts of frustration, frustrating tension. You're not called to warm. If anything, God vomits that stuff out of His mouth. You're called to heat, hot. You're not called to clean. You're called to mess. And you're not called to sensibility. You're called to foolishness. So when I say this, saying yes to God and surrendering to Him might be the stupidest thing you've ever done this year, but it might be the right thing. All your friends might be telling you, all your family or, or like so-called friends around you might be telling you, no, hold back, relax. What kind of church are you going to? Like, like you're, you're acquired too much there. There's too much pressure on you. What, what kind of, but there, but there is a faith on the inside of you that says where, where, where eternity is in your sight and you say, you know what? I actually don't believe the best preachers are yet to rise up in the San Diego area. I believe there are preachers in this room that will preach some of the greatest messages that we're yet to hear that there are worship leaders, there are campus pastors, there are people, that, there are driven people that get this, get this crazy eyes. And it's you. It's you. Where, where you're so done looking at the destruction around your world, 
that you're just gonna do everything that you can to take a courageous step to be a part of the solution. You are so done seeing darkness win. The devil comes to steal, kill and destroy and he does it by just getting people to live slightly under their calling. But God has come to bring a full life and when we're living a full life, it's a crazy life. It's a messy life. But it's one filled with miracles. It's one filled with power. It's one filled with destiny. It's one filled with life change. It's one filled with people going from a dark place to a hopeful place. It's one where another person is delivered because you say yes. Another person is set free because you say yes. And another person in your family's life gets delivered from addiction because you choose. To do the third point, to do everything in love. I'll just get the keys out. Church is meant to be messy and dirty. The gospel calls us to be farmers and there is nothing clean about farming. But too many churches look like, we, we all look like landscapers. They're both working with dirt. One's just trying to make it look pretty. And the other one is looking for fruit. You're not called to be a landscaper. We're not doing Christian landscaping. I'm actually less interested in Toronto about seeing people come to my church so I can just clean them. Because Jesus will do that the day they get saved. I'm looking for them to get their hands dirty. Because we're called to farm. And the Bible says the seed you use multiplies. It's the seed that you use. It says do everything in love. So yeah, your hands are going to get dirty. Yeah, things are going to get weird. Yeah, it's going to get uncomfortable. Yeah, your life's going to get less sanitized. Yeah, it's going to get annoying. Yeah, you're going to have to deal with offense. Yeah, it's going to get painful. Yeah, you're going to get hard pressed. But the, your motivation is the same that Jesus had. When we're seven days out from Easter right now, Jesus was alert to something. He's looking ahead. He was seven days walk. His whole ministry through the New Testament was walking towards Jerusalem. Jesus was always journeying towards the cross. And, and the closer He got, the more He needed to surrender. Every step, became painfully courageous. Oh. Sweating blood. But He was doing it all in love. He thought of you and He's like, I can do it again. Take another step. How good was the water pyrotechnics? I get it. Right now, God is calling you again to surrender to His will. Because this church isn't done. There is more. While you're living and breathing on this planet, you don't get rest. You get that when you go to heaven. While you're living and breathing on this planet, more people need God through you. You are the best website this church has. You are... You have invites to next Sunday. I mean, what a, what, what a great time to just engage courageous steps and to, and to see more people come to faith through this church.
maybe just none of us is Saviour. Don't look at me. I can't obey God for you. I can't pray the prayers for you. I can't read the Bible and search the Scriptures for you. I can't, you know, that's Old Testament. Priests used to be able to do that. Now, now we can't, the veil's torn. So you get access. And that's good news and bad news because it doesn't allow us to, to be passive anymore. Surrender. I'll get, I'll get that, I'll get the whole band up. Maybe they're close. That song, the bridge of that last song, if you want my heart, I won't second guess. What if that was our prayer tonight? What, was it, what if that was our stand tonight? God, if you want my heart, if you want my life, I won't second guess. Your love's too good to leave me here. We love in John, 1 John 4 because He first loved us. You have the eternal, oh, what, what you possess, what you have, what you and I carry, our world needs so bad. Some of the things that we have in our life at the end of our life, it's not going to matter at all. But Jesus in your life, at the end of our life, will be the only thing that matters. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 San Diego, go to c3sandiego.com. 